Welcome back to Locked On NFL Draft, part of the Locked On Network. Thanks for making us your first listen today. Rob Rang, Eric Crocker, and I, although I'm going to have to change your name because it looks like I'm in here twice, but welcome to the show. We're going to have fun. We're going to talk about quarterbacks in this draft class that you're going to want to know about. Maybe a little bit of pass rush to try to counteract that. And then what's going on with this Cleveland-Denver matchup? Who are the rookies that are going to make some noise? Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome back to another episode of Locked On NFL Draft. I'm your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back. And as always, joined by my co-host, Ryan Tracy and Rob Rang. How you guys doing, man? Doing very well. Thanks for having me. Welcome awesome. back. So we got, I am glad to see you guys. <laughs> well, I'm I'm back too. And we've kind of been uh, missing each other a little bit. Kind of playing, was it phone tag? Where, you know, I was here last week kind of manning the show. Then Ryan Tracy did the same as I was out in California. And now we're finally back together to talk about some football. And a lot of things have kind of transpired since the last time. And I know, Ryan, you touched on it a little bit. And I know we're going to get into some of these quarterbacks. But Spencer Rattler, what mm. the heck is going on there? <laughs> a guy who was supposed to be a number one, the number one pick in the draft. And I mean, just a top 10 pick. And it was like, surefire, he's the guy. And it is not looking like it's going that way for him. Rob, he's got to be in this list for you, right? Like, I'm I'm dying to know what you think, because I already said my piece. Where are you on these these quarterbacks? They, it's at Fox Sports tomorrow, right? Well, it's going to be on Fox Sports, uh, you know, Friday or Saturday. It's going to be something that we're going to be running over the weekend. And so th that's going to be the next article that I'm writing for Fox Sports is, is basically just taking a deep dive on the, on the quarterbacks in the 2022 draft class. And as you guys just mentioned, you know, Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma, I mean, he just entered with so much hype and, and you can see why. I mean, he has the physical traits and, you know, obviously with Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, you know, being three Oklahoma Sooners who have been drafted in the NFL over the last couple of years. I mean, the, the only team that's been able to do that here recently has been Alabama and North Dakota State that has had similar numbers as far as turning in quarterbacks into NFL draft picks. But it doesn't look like Spencer Rattler is going to be able to continue that charge in 2022. I mean, I, I hate to make it this simple, but if you're not starting for the Oklahoma Sooners, then you're not likely to be drafted into the NFL, at least very early. So to me, that's where the conversation kind of starts to unravel a little bit. Is it going to be Matt Corral from Ole Miss? Is it going to be Sam Howell from North Carolina? Is it going to be Malik Willis from Liberty? Uh, is it going to be Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh? There are a number of quarterbacks that I think are battling to be the number one guy. And guys, in my experience, if there is a battle, then that's the conversation of that maybe none of these guys deserve to be in the first round mix. So I, I hate to say it like this, but I don't know that there is a quarterback that I would feel comfortable mm. taking in the first round this year. Now we all know how it goes. There's going to be some NFL team out there who's willing to roll the dice and hope to hope to pick something up. But I don't know. I, I think that I would rather be taking a quarterback in the second or third round this year in, in 2022 than I would be with rolling the dice in the first round. 
Right, and I remember 2013, and that was the year I was a rookie in the NFL with the New York Jets, and they selected Geno Smith early in the second round. And I believe only one other quarterback, if I'm not mistaken, one other quarterback went first round that year, or one quarterback went first round, I believe it was E.J. Manuel. And we see how that kind of worked out, right? Not too good for uh, Buffalo and whoever else he played for. And the quarterback position, it is kind of a, a weird dynamic there because they force guys up the board, even guys that probably shouldn't be drafted as high, especially as of late. That's what's been going on. Which guy, if you had to kind of pick a guy, do you think that will, you know, he'll turn into kind of this media darling and people will fall in love with him? And all of a sudden, like you're saying, a guy, you're, you're looking at this draft like, ah, you know, are these first round guys not sure? But who's that one guy that's going to get pushed up the board regardless and end up possibly being a top five pick? Well, I mean, for, for me, I, I'm still a big believer in Sam Howell. I think that when you when you look at the fact that, that he lost as much talent as he did, and we're going to be talking about one of those talented players here um, when we talk break down the, the Denver Broncos' performance and the wide receiver, Javante Williams, I, I think that it's understandable that, that Sam Howell has had his struggles that he has. Um, you know, I, I'm still most intrigued by the physical tools that Malik Willis provides. But at the same time, when you look at the fact that he's playing at Liberty and the level of competition that he is facing, I mean, with all due respect to Syracuse, at the same time, I, I still think that that is a, a, a big, big jump in competition. Um, you know, I, I just don't see a guy that that really excites me. I mean, maybe you can say Kenny Pickett. I think Carson Strong from Nevada has shown some flashes, but I, I was concerned about the fact that, that he struggled as much as he did against Kansas State. And again, all, all due respect to Kansas State, I, I'm excited about them, but you know, this quarterback class scares the heck out of me. Maybe you're going to see some uh, somebody from the underclassmen make that jump early. But to me, this is a scary quarterback class. And, and so that's the why I am not so willing to just kind of, you know, throw my weight behind any one of these quarterbacks and say, this is the first round pick that everybody should be excited about. No, go yeah, I think you talked experience. about. Uh, <laughs> we, we know you're upset now, Syracuse. It's all right. Right. Uh, but talk about. <laughs> I want to add one. Okay. Can I add one Go name ahead. too? Desmond Ritter. Do you guys think that he deserves to be in this this group that we're talking about? Well, yeah. So I, Ritter is a guy who I've kind of been—I don't want to say critical of, but you know, kind of waiting for him to take that next step. And early on, I was wondering, like, man, he came back and he's supposed to be looking sharp, and I didn't quite see that. But obviously, he had a big win over Notre Dame. I do think now I'm starting to see a different level of consistency with him as a passer and I don't know if he'll ever just be that guy in this class but it's looking more and more likely that he might be the one guy that you can actually put more stock into because he has the size he has the ability he has the arm he has the athleticism and he also has the wins and you're talking about you know Rob brought up you know Malik Willis and, you know, he had a big loss, you know, to a team where, you know, you want to see him do well in those type of games. Well, Desmond Ritter has had the wins against those type of opponents. So, you know, at last time I checked, Cincinnati was, what, number three in the nation or top five. I think there's an opportunity for him if he continues on this pace to take a stranglehold on this position. And I think there will be no better opportunity for him than when we see him potentially in the college football playoffs, he'll be going up against a big opponent, almost like last year, where it almost looked like he wasn't ready for that game against Georgia. We'll see if he's better suited for it coming this year. 
Well, and I'll throw out one other guy. You know, I, I think that if you want to talk about sleepers and things like that, Jay Kaner, what he's doing at Fresno State, I'm I'm intrigued by. You know, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of people are are intrigued by lots of quarterbacks. But you know, if we're talking about a guy who has the physical traits to actually be a first round pick, and I think that he's raw. I I don't think that he should come out this year. But Tanner McKee from Stanford is a guy that has the big arm, has the arm or has the the size, all the things that you're looking for to justify using an early round selection. Um, You know, this is a guy who is listed as a sophomore at Stanford, but he's got two years as being, you know, because of an LDS mission. Um, He has an interesting off field story with, uh, you know, early on, it was discovered that he had a a skin cancer situation that had to be rectified, that there are some things with him that would suggest that uh, the NFL teams absolutely have to do some investigating. But at at the same time, he's 6'6", He's 230 pounds. He has a big arm. Eric, you just mentioned about the fact that, you know, some of these quarterbacks out there who have had maybe one game that kind of scares you. And we talked about outliers in the, in the past. McKee struggled against Arizona State, had three interceptions against a team that, you know, the head coach is Herm Edwards, obviously a former NFL head coach, former NFL defensive back. So that to me scares me. But at the same time, that's what I'm talking about. That I don't see a quarterback in this class among the juniors and seniors that I think, okay, that's the savior. I think instead you have to look at some of the younger players. Tanner McKee from Stanford is a quarterback that is not yet getting much attention. Everybody's talking about like the Kenny Pickett's of the world and all that. I just don't see a number of first round throws. You watch Tanner McKee's tape, you'll see a couple of first round throws out there. He's not there yet, but here we are talking in early, well, mid October. And I'm looking for a quarterback who might be able to make a big run. And so to me, he is one of the quarterbacks that might be able to do something like that. Man, that sounds a lot like Davis Mills last year, right? A guy who had the the high interception game against, I believe it was either Cal or UCLA. You're like, man, those are ugly. But you look at, you know, the throws that he was able to make and and, in the athleticism and he had the size and he had the ability and, you know, playing under center and more of a pro style offense and how he was comfortable turning his back to defenses and snapping his head around and making those throws with good timing. I'm like, man, if there's anybody in this class that, you know, I would take a chance on kind of drafting and developing and maybe, you know, a day two pick, it would be Davis Mills. And it sounds like the Stanford quarterback is, you know, somewhere along those lines. And speaking of Davis Mills, he's kind of a guy that's getting a little bit forgotten in this quarterback class that's going on in the NFL right now with all these rookies, had some rocky play, but it has bounced back, man, and has played very well considering for Houston Texans. And it kind of doesn't get talked about, but it sounds like the Stanford quarterback you're speaking on is a lot like Davis Mills. There's a lot to it. I think you guys need to check out Rob's piece on Fox Sports. There's going to be plenty more information there. We got to get to the guys that are going to be chasing these guys around. We're going to do that on the backside of this. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chains store to have every part in stock that you need. Why endure pointless or seamless intimidating questioning from the people at your local chain store and wait on the person behind the counter to order parts from their computer, choosing only the brand that their warehouse happens to carry? It's crazy, right? When you have computer access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket with your cellular devices. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, and sometimes even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And 
by the way, their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and I think the most surprising one to me is they even have brand new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solutions to all your parts needs. And trust me, I'll be making that call right now because my alternator just went out on my Dodge Durango. So what am I going to do and what are you going to do? We're going to go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us? Box so they know that we the ones that sent you. All right. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Let's go. I'm one that I always lean defense, right? I know you do too, Croc. So I'm not even going to try to pretend, but I did a little bit on, on some of the metrics that I use for pass rushers, and those guys have to get the job done. I, Croc, I want to ask you, anybody stand out to you just in general of this pass rush class that might be coming out in this next draft? I mean, uh, aside from the, you know, without a doubt, maybe a first overall pick in Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon, special talent that's most likely going to be a top three pick in this class. I, I want to go a little bit deeper and go with the guy, Drake Jackson out of USC. I want to show some love to my West Coast, West Coast guys, fight on a little bit. And he's a guy, he's been good, terrific prospect. He has the size, he has the length, the ability, athleticism, and everything like that, but he's not getting a pub. And I'm not exactly sure why, but how did Drake fit in kind of your, your uh, evaluation and how you do your process? Yeah, you know, I, I thought he did pretty well. I mean, he's, I think he's ascending still. I think he's trying to honestly grow into his body still a little bit. I don't see a honed pass rusher there, but I see a guy that's on the way up still. What did he come out with? 16% uh, pressure rate which is solid. It's not at the top of the list, but it's solid. The interesting thing is that he does get home, though. 25% of his pressures end in an actual sack. So I like that one. Rob, what do you think of Jackson? And who else stands out to you in this class? Well, I like Drake Jackson. I think that he has those first-round traits. I, I just don't think that he is the the honed pass rusher. That that couple of guys in the Big Ten that, frankly, I'll call myself out. I didn't give Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan or George Kalaftis from, from Purdue enough attention. I mean, I, I had Aiden Hutchinson as a late first-round pick entering this year, and he has just absolutely been a dominant player, you know, so far for the Michigan Wolverines. And he's coming off of the, the injury plague season a year ago I, I was a little bit surprised frankly that, that he didn't make himself eligible for last year's draft and he has just come back with a vengeance speaking of coming off of injuries and the, the COVID shortened year that was last season George Kalaftis from, from Purdue he is getting basically double and triple teamed on virtually every single snap so to me those are two guys that while the Pac-12 gets plenty of attention for their pass rushers Thibodeau uh, certainly uh, as well as Drake Jackson uh uh, you know, ZFT for, for the University of Washington is another one that I, I think that has absolutely a great deal of potential. He's only been back for a, a game so far coming off of that torn Achilles, but I think that he's a stud as well. But those are guys that I think have a great deal of upside. We talked about that with the quarterbacks. To me, if you're looking for polish, then the Big Ten is where you're looking for for the defensive ends, in, the, in my opinion, in this draft class. I'm going to steal ZFT because I tried to pronounce his name yesterday. It was terrible. <laughs> Apologies, Zion. <laughs> so, uh, real quick, Rob, like, what are your thoughts on, you know, Kevon Thibodeau? Now, again, everybody talks about him like he's just a sure fight. He's the number one guy, number one edge rusher in this class. Is that what you're kind of seeing in your evaluation of him? 
It, it is for me. Uh, you know, I, I just, I, I kind of go back to the idea of, of being a, you know, I, I hate to say this, but have you guys seen the movie, um, uh, I'm spacing on, on the movie reference, but it is, um, a league of our own, the old baseball movie or, or, or fast pitch movie, I guess, with the, the ladies, Ma- Madonna and Tom Hanks and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, there, there's the scout, John Lovitz, who says, I know the goods when I see the goods. And with Kayvon Thibodeau, I know that he has struggled with injuries this year. I know that he got kicked out of the game for, uh, you know, for a high hit and, and Oregon wound up losing that game. Um, you know, all, all of these different things. I, I don't care. I see Kayvon Thibodeau. I see grease lightning off the edge. I see greater power than you might expect for a guy who's 6'5", 240 pounds um, at the point of attack. I just see an absolute superstar. I think at minimum, he is Vaughn Miller, who, of course, was the number two overall pick to the Denver Broncos, has been an all-pro for the Broncos since. I think Kayvon Thibodeau is one of the very few slam dunk picks in this draft class. And so to me, he is absolutely the number one overall prospect in this draft class. And I think that he should be because I think that other than quarterbacks, so we just talked about, there has been a lot of questions, the quarterback position, then there's no question about it. Pass rusher is the preeminent position in today's modern football. And while the all due respect to some of the other pass rushers out there, as we talked about, to me, Kayvon Dibodeau has the highest upside. That's why he's going to wind up being at minimum a top three selection. Mm, I, I, I like that. Yeah, that sounds really good right there. And there's another guy in this class that's very intriguing. And I'm not sure. I think he's all over the place, kind of on boards right now. We'll see where he ends up as this uh, process goes on. But Adam Anderson, the edge rusher out of Georgia, he's a longer thinner, linear guy, and he's kind of like this outside linebacker, but edge rusher, you know, he's uh, he's kind of built like Brian Burns a little bit when he was at uh, Florida State. What are kind of your thoughts on him, and, and what areas do you think that he can improve on to be, you know, a little bit higher and kind of move up on guys' boards? Well, I'll, I'll lean on Ray, Ryan for a moment here because I, I know that Adam Anderson isn't the guy that was really high on your statistical board, but at the same time also is in some regards. And so I, I have strong opinions on him, but I also want to kind of cr- pass the baton a little bit, giving you an opportunity to kind of uh, you know talk about what you see with him first. You know, the big thing for me is he reminds me of Floyd in stature. Like I worry about him putting on weight at the next level and being able to carry through enough power. Um, But honestly, I say the similar thing about the upper body of Justin Houston back in the day when he was playing at three, four outside backer at Georgia. So I've been wrong in the past and I don't want to like lump him in, but I, I do feel like he is, what was he? He was like, I think second lowest in terms of his actual uh, pass rush snaps on passing downs because they drop him so much. Mm-hmm. And so is he going to be able to progress his skill set, particularly hand fighting, enough to make that impact? I think he's a great talent. I don't know, it, for me, if the projection is going to be there as much, but he does like to finish and he does a good job with it. I think you can rely on him if he can use that, that athleticism that he's going to be able to produce for you some. It might take, you know, a stall year or whatever – I don't think you'll be as Burns, but I do like the similarity. I like that comparison. You stole it. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Ryan, real quick. I-, I wanted to ask Ryan, you know, when you look at your formula and how you, you know, evaluate these guys and kind of rank them a little bit and how they are on your board right now as it stands, 
Is there anybody that you might be a little bit higher on based on from an analytical standpoint? Yeah, and it might even be recency bias too because I've seen a little bit more of him lately. But as the season wears on, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Nick Benito more. I put him on the cover of yesterday's episode because I, I feel like he's got the the body mass to really be a stronger at the point of attack in the run game, a guy that can stay on the field for all three downs, maybe more so than Anderson can. And so I'm like, I'm seeing some more things there. But as the season progresses, I have to see him become dominant i see him be able to attack the outside shoulder of these tackles and really get home and i haven't seen enough of that quite yet so i'm i'm waiting a bit anybody stand out to you guys well i would just jump in there again to kind of follow up with the 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 conversation we were having just a moment ago about anderson and and i i I like the burns comparison i like the the leonard floyd comparison of course floyd was a top 10 pick uh himself and and that's what i think that that some team is going to be willing to roll the dice on anderson I, i just see a guy that his length his physicality his versatility being able to drop back in coverage i mean there's you know, that, that was the last piece I wrote for, for Fox Sports last week was on this Georgia defense, and they are just so loaded. And I think when it's all said and done, Anderson's going to wind up being the first drafted of all of them because he has the upside. I mean, to me, he is just a remarkable athlete. Now, his first three years, uh, you know, he, he didn't start for Georgia. And that is the concern is that when he gets on the whiteboard for NFL teams, and we know how that process goes, sometimes teams will overanalyze and it's that paralysis by overanalysis kind of a thing that they don't uh, focus on the tape enough. But when you see a guy that has Anderson's long length, his straight line speed, I mean, he corners like a street bike. I mean, he is able to get around the edge and really get home. And so I just love the way that Georgia uses him. Kirby Smart is smart in that they're not just using him as a pass rusher. They are dropping him back. They're making de- the, the opposing offenses really have to try to guess what they're going to do with him. But I don't think NFL teams are going to get that cute. I think they're going to ask him just to be a pass rusher. And I think Anderson can absolutely excel in that role. I, I would mention again, the, the Leonard Floyd combine or the comparison, I think is a really good one. Cause I think that we've seen that Leonard Floyd was drafted. I think it was ninth overall by the Chicago bears and obviously now plays with the Los Angeles Rams. I could see something similar with Anderson that he gets drafted early. Doesn't really become the dominant player and wind up being the guy that they thought that he'd be in the top 10. And then winds up going to some other club and ends up being a really good football player for them. But I do think that we're talking about a guy who's going to have a, a probably a 10 year career in the NFL. Yeah. He could be a second. That's all good. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Sounds good with these edge rushers. And when we get back from this break, we'll kind of talk about the Thursday night football game a little bit. Stay tuned. We are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of a basketball season and more props, odds, lines than ever before. All right, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Head over to our new updated desktop mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code locked on to receive your bonus. All right, from basketball, football, baseball postseason baseball you got the the dodgers and the braves playing right now nhl boxing and ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for your 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online where the games start 
right, guys. So Thursday night football coming up. Like, what's the main takeaway from this? I mean, I know obviously we want to talk about some of the young prospects, but I think there's this big elephant in the room, and it's Baker Mayfield. Shoulders all messed up, and you got you got Case Keenum having to start this game against the Denver Broncos, man. Like, what what's some main takeaways from this game for you guys? Yeah, no, I think for me, if it whether it be Baker Mayfield or whether it be Case Keenum, to me, the the one of the biggest concerns I would have for the Cleveland Browns is are you going to be able to pass protect against the pass rush that the Broncos have and against the secondary that the Broncos have? And you know, and I I always look at this as the the rookies who are going to be able to make the the most immediate impact. And I think with Patrick Sertan, I think that he's been absolutely spectacular, absolutely justifying the Denver Broncos early first round selection of him and you know you just think about the Cleveland Browns and you know I, I think that you know their offense obviously is predicated on running the football but still whether it be Baker Mayfield whether it be Case Keenum you got to get Odell Beckham the ball you got to be able to throw the ball to a lot of receivers Crocker knows this as well as anybody and, and so that's one of the reasons why I'm really fascinated about this matchup because I think Patrick Stan is an absolute superstar and while everybody is going to be focusing in on the Cleveland Browns running game Meanwhile, it's the rookie for Denver, Javante Williams, who talked about him before, who is a stud. He has absolutely lived up to what Denver thought he would be when they made the aggressive trade up to get him in the early second round as well. So to me, that's one of the fascinating things about this Thursday night matchup is that you do have several spectacular rookies who are going to be on the field and they're going to be playing critical roles in a very key AFC matchup. Man, I, I like that you brought up Patrick Sertain because that was interesting. I was on with Benjamin Albright a couple of times during the offseason to talk about cornerbacks in this class and who was a good fit. And a lot of the Broncos fans wanted Patrick Sertain. And I was like, you know what? I'm not 100% sure that's a good fit because the Broncos have been known to play more of a cover four scheme, guys being off. And Sertain was a guy who I didn't think had necessarily like the quick twitch from off coverage that you ideally would like, and he was more of a press man type guy. Well, I don't think it's mattered. So far from everything I've seen out of Denver, he's been awesome. He's been playing terrific as a rookie. I'm curious to see. This is my first time being able to watch him live in the NFL, so I'll be tuned in to see, you know, what exactly does that transition look like? Because he's a bigger guy. I think he measured in at 6'2", 208 pounds, and, you know, he tested out the route with the, you know, vertical and his speed, his 40-yard dash. I thought all that was tremendous. There are a lot of people that were questioning his vertical speed. I'm like, Dude, he no, he can run. He has no issues running with guys vertically. The biggest issue was he lacked that suddenness, that twitch. And I think that's what people were seeing, where it's a little bit of a lumbering movement skills. But so far in the NFL, definitely has not been an issue. I just want another record to use my CB1. Okay, thank you. Now that's out of the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> the guy who's played the second most snaps of the rookie class on defense for either of these teams is Jeremiah Wissakormaw. And I'm really interested to see his development. I felt like I called him more of a tweener. I had him lower than most in the draft class, but I think that he's really caught on. Obviously, he's had a couple of tackle issues. You know, that happens at this level. I don't think anybody's going to hold that too much, but I think he's missed like six tackles so far this season. Uh, I'm a little surprised that he's been able to make the transition so quickly. Rob, where did you have him, and what do you think of the game that he's playing at this point? 
Yeah, I, I had him as a second round pick. I mean, to me, he is a guy that his production screamed first round. But I had some questions about how he was going to be able to transition to the NFL, especially in the, one of the divisions I think was the black and blue division in, in the AFC North, um, you know, with Cincinnati and the Pittsburgh and, and Cleveland, obviously. Um, you know, to me, that that is one of those divisions where you got to play smash mouth football. And I love his ability to get uh, sideline to sideline be able to play back, be able to rush the pass. But I didn't know if they, he'd have the physicality. That's been one of the things that I've really been impressed by him. Um, JOK has been no joke so far. And so that, to me, has been one of the things that has really been exciting about the Cleveland Browns and what they've been able to do is that they really have been able to, to draft some players and be able to put them in positions to succeed. Um, and, and I didn't necessarily love that selection. I didn't necessarily love the selection of Newsom, the cornerback the at a Northwestern. I wondered if he might be a little bit of a of a mirage at, at times but instead he also has been re- very effective for them so to me cleveland deserves a lot of credit but again switching back to the denver broncos for just a moment you know i, I think that sertan uh javante williams get a lot of uh, a lot of credit but it, it's been a couple of linebackers and edge rushers that i think have been really interesting baron browning uh the linebacker from ohio state has been good jonathan cooper another edge rusher also from ohio state has been a surprise I and mean, this is a seventh round pick that has gained meaningful playing time for the broncos so to me again i i think that this matchup is really fascinating because you are seeing guys who were drafted in the first round who are living up to expectations, but you're also seeing some of the late round picks that are also surprising some people. And that to me is what I love about the NFL is that you obviously are getting kind of a restart on your career. And we are seeing some guys who are really being able to step up what they can do. I do want to talk about one more guy before we get out of here. And Ryan, he touched on his number one, his CB one and Patrick Sertan. Well, my CB two and well, my CB one was JC Horn. My CB two, Greg Newsom, he's on the other side playing for the Cleveland Browns. So we'll see. He's kind of had some little things, kind of banged up a little bit, but he was a guy, man. I, I loved his film. He actually had my favorite film from the standpoint of just the twitchiness, the feet, the versatility in his coverage, being able to play off, being able to play press. I thought he was the most scheme versatile corner in this entire class. So, you know, he's a guy I'm, I'm waiting to see him put it all together. But, you know, I think playing against guys like Courtney Sutton and some of the guys that the Denver Broncos have. I'm interested to see just exactly how he plays. Cause again, this is another guy. It's the first time I'll really be able to watch him live and really focus in on him. I'll be, I'm going to be tuned in, man, taking notes on all this stuff. This is, this is actually an exciting game, especially with a lot of these young prospects. Yeah, if they could just get a quarterback in Cleveland, we'll see what happens. And two other guys, just to, as a note, rookie class, right? If you're going to have a backup quarterback, we saw uh, people's Jones go off last week. I don't know if that happens this week, but look for uh, Demetri Felton. As well as Anthony Schwartz, I liked what he kind of sparked early. Maybe he can be a guy underneath for Keenum that can actually get something done. Folks, for Rob Rang, Eric Crocker, hope that you enjoy this game. We're going to be back with you tomorrow as always. But until then, thank you guys, and we will talk to you tomorrow.